welcome back. Episode 106 of the Ranting Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my Brett. And in this week's episode, we got the mailbag, Kittle's injury, Kako, and more. But first, just want to let you all know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And we're back. Brett, how's it going? Oh, so good. So good. I'm definitely not having any issues. You know what's not good? The refs. Oh, well, so we are getting into it. All right. We can get into it right away. That's fine. That's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, I get how frustrating it is. I, I felt really at odds with, with Rangers fans last night just because I, I really didn't feel like the game was poorly. Also, I don't want to bring the refs necessarily because it could be they were – they. it's not their call at that point. It's Toronto's. Yeah, that, that's also true. Yeah. And just at the outset here, I just want to say, like, I have no interest in carrying water – for the NHL, their review process, NHL referees, in general, I'm at their throats with a shiv wanting to you wanting to, you know, go right to their jugular. That's how I generally feel. But I felt that Hughes's first goal was a goal and it doesn't matter that the ref accidentally blew the whistle a little early because it was a straight through shot. It trickled in and it shouldn't have been stopped and I feel that that it's consistent with how a continuous play is usually called to me it's the exact same thing as when a net goes off its moorings anytime the net goes off its moorings that is generally a immediate stop of the play however if a puck is already going towards the net it can go into a net that's off the moorings and it's still a goal because that's a continuous play so that's the exact same actually didn't happen huh in wasn't it first detroit in sweden what do you mean there was there was a the net went off its moorings yeah well the, if the net goes off its moorings and then some and then the puck gets hit deflected whatever after the net is off its moorings then it doesn't count but if a shot is already going oh that's your minute okay, the okay. Net, and the net goes off its moorings it can go in and it can still be counted as a goal because it's considered a continuous play and that's what happened last night and i just know that if it had been the reverse if that was Laffey's shot instead of hughes and the ref blew the whistle we all would have been screaming that it doesn't matter. That's I just want consistency. I, I just want consistency. That That's all I want. You want to call that Hughes a goal? Fine. But then be consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I want consistency too. But I don't see They don't any- even know half their rules. All of a sudden, you're telling me they know that like little footnote on one of the rules? Yeah, I, I do. I generally believe the refs do have a pretty good grasp of what the rules are I, i'm not well that's the thing i'm not saying necessarily the refs like toronto makes a bunch of these calls yeah toronto i don't know what toronto is is on i don't know what they're on because they, like they, we we don't see every angle right there's a few angles we don't see yeah and why is that too like right why but here's the thing one of our angles one of our angles showed cooley's uh goal we saw the yeah, puck across. It, was yeah, so, yeah, it wasn't the like the advanced angles you needed. And it, it was and it, it took... yeah. I don't know how you missed that call, but there was a call very similar to that. Was it a Washington game? I saw the clip and I can't remember who actually scored. But it was another similar situation where the puck clearly went in. The, the goalie's pad was behind the line. The puck comes in, hits the pad flat. And then they go, oh, there's no clear angle. I'm like, what do you mean there's no clear angle? The puck mm-hmm. is on its edge. It's against the pad. The pad's like four inches, five inches behind the net. I was like, you can see it. The puck's in the net. And they and they called it no goal. And I was like, how do you mess that up? I don't understand it. And that was the problem with the Cooley goal 
wasn't anything to do with the whistle. Which one? Like that. Which Cooley which Cooley. one? Yeah, yeah. Which the one? The most recent. The most recent. One. Oh, oh, that 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 one. You mean the one before where he did a backwards kicking motion? Yeah, not, uh, no, no, not that but, one. But Defoe could do a full like sliding kick. Yes, now that into, is into now the that, net. that is incredibly inconsistent. Yes, and they they need to address uh, that. They need to address that. But I, I address we, that. That's it. You we, you don't mean goalie interference also? I didn't say that. You just put words in my mouth now. I didn't never once said, oh, that's the only. I'm just emphasizing. I know, I know. I'm just emphasizing the fact that this is, yeah, no, but it's, already, a, it's already, a total mess. We've already complained about that goal before, though. Uh, so the, now under this goal, that that is under. I'm just saying I, I'm making my point here. where there's no consistency whatsoever. Like, again, you want to call Hughes's goal, fine. But don't get all specific with the rules when half the time you're like, well, he had the intention of this, so therefore, like it, no, you can't pick and choose. That's, that's been no, no, but that that's a, there is a specific rule, but they don't use it all the time. That's a separate issue altogether, though. Is that that's a separate issue? That's completely like, the whether or not a puck is going in the net. That's one issue, and the review process. That's a whole issue. Then you have the idea of continuous play. That's another issue. And then you have the idea of uh, intent to blow a whistle. That a ref can say the play was dead at this point just because I didn't blow the whistle at that exact. That, that should be thrown out. That no, should be thrown I, out. No, I get it because you don't you don't always have the whistle right away, and you can say that like that puck is frozen. I but then you could always go dead, back. But you I could always go, go back though. Like right, how many of the times right? What's the reason why they need to do the intent? Odds are it's because someone pushed his pad and someone like knocked it under the glove and like hey it was covered. No, no, no I intended to blow the whistle. You could always go back and say hey he knocked his glove. Hey he did this. Hey he did that. Right. Like, no, but, but also it could, it could be because the goal, I mean, the ref is supposed to blow the whistle when they lose sight of the puck too. Right. And so the puck could still be loose. The ref loses sight of it. He can't get to the whistle in that exact moment. And it's under a glove or it's under a pad or whatever. And somebody, I'm saying it's just, no, that was frozen. I lost sight of the puck. The goalie had it. My intent was to blow the whistle at that exact millisecond, but obviously I can't, I couldn't get my whistle in that time. The The problem with that rule though is it's just, it's there's going to be too much inconsistency with that rule because every person is different with how they interpret yeah, but, but, that. But, 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 but that's already, but that's already a, a fact of the matter with, well, that's with the problem. Well, no, 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 but, that, but that's already a reality anyway, because when a ref chooses some, some refs are really fast at blowing a whistle and some are really slow. So that, that human error already. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the intent. But but it's the same thing. The intent or the actual action doesn't matter. I'm saying that human error exists, whether or not that the well, intent. No, because we don't we not. don't see all the time. There there are so many times where we see the puck somewhat dead, not actually, and then they're about to call the whistle. Some sometimes mm-hmm. they do call it. Sometimes they say they have the intent, even though they have the same exact motion. Like how do you know wh- when is the the intent? When isn't it? Like it's just I I don't I don't know. I I think the rules have to be more specifically worded. Whether it's the kick, whether that, it's going well, interference. No. Whether it's well, the well, but you're you're muddying the issue. All those other things are separate things. Okay, fine. Deserve, with with this, I, I, I with think this, no, no, but, but but there, there there is no rule. There's no wording that you can do that will change uh, the human element of when a ref deems it fit to blow a play dead. You can't. You there's no way to be yeah, like. Oh, take it out. A ref loses sight of the puck must make a a, a three miss. Oh no 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 no. You can't. No no okay. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. I'm not saying you're gonna get rid of every little detail of inconsistency but you, you get the most you can and i i like the intent to blow the whistle it's yeah but no that needs that needs to be in there though 
that needs to be in there because because just because a, a ref a, the ref is God when it comes to when the play starts and when the play stops. They're God in that matter. And anything that takes that away from that is not a good idea. That's a fucking slippery slope and an actual real slippery slope, not the fallacy slippery slope. Because then it's like, oh no, the ref, the, the ref didn't blow the whistle. Therefore, that that guy that just jammed that puck in off the pad and it was already frozen. He and the ref knew it was frozen. So they could go back. Now and we call have it. to now we have to count that. They could they well, could no, go back. The whistle. So what so what is the language you'd like to see? You, you, you would call what it a frozen play. A frozen play. If there was a, a point where the goalie fully covered it, where you weren't able to see it, they would consider that a frozen play. Based on what? I just said, based on the fact that you can't see it, it's under his pad or in his glove. But that's, but that's, still, the, that's still the ref's decision to control that, though. No, but it's more it's more easier to, well, I'd say it's easier when it's the NHL. It's easier to evaluate that when you're looking at a screen a few times. So basically what you're saying is, is you want every frozen puck to be reviewable. No, 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 no. Not every frozen play, but I'm saying the ones that end up like, you know, someone shovels it in while it's under the goalie's pad. See, what you're doing doesn't actually solve the it doesn't actually solve the it doesn't problem. solve everything. Doesn't, I mean, I'm not saying actually, I'm not saying it doesn't actually help anything. The the ref the ref should be able to say that play is dead at this exact moment. And that's what I and that's what I'm saying. They should be able to say that just because they didn't actually blow the whistle, they didn't bring it up in that exact millisecond. That shouldn't matter. The ref knows at the moment at which the play is dead, and that's when it, and, and that's why that rule should exist. Just because it didn't work out in our favor this one time doesn't mean we need to rewrite the entire history of how refs control these. Like I'm not saying my thing should be the exact rule. It could be like in a few minutes. I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Let's switch it. Like the whole point is like people should sit down, right, and actually say, okay, what the hell are we doing? Let's try to figure this out. It's. It, I don't. I, don't know. Think, I, don't, I personally think do not like that specific rule. Maybe all it needs is a bit of tinkering in the wording or something. But... I don't think there's any wording that changes that. I really don't. I feel like it, it's gonna. It, that is gonna happen regardless, and the ref should have the ultimate control of whether or not a play is dead or not. And it doesn't need a whistle to 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 demarcate it every single time because there's times when a ref he may be getting. You know, he may be tied up with there may be a player that ran into him or whatever. And now he's, you know, like that happens, they get hit, you know, or whatever. And just because he can't bring up his whistle to blow the play dead, that means that that's you no have another ref play. I know, but he may not have the vantage point that the guy behind the net does or whatever. I I, I just believe that, like, look, I, I hate the refs and we always get screwed in these calls. And that is the real fact of the matter of this. I don't think it has anything to do with the actual rules about intent to blow a whistle or when a play is dead or a continuation of a play. Those things are all fine. I think they're necessary to be able to officiate a game properly and safely and fairly. Just because when the reviews happen, they always go against us, and that is true, doesn't mean that the rule book itself is the issue here. I really don't believe it is. I, I was planning on going like this whole 20-minute screaming rant about the rules, and I'm just like, I had to move into my apartment, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's not. Yeah, it's fine. That, we, that's not that's not happening. We've, we've done a long enough. Just just. Uh, just We've done a long enough for your preamble here. It's it's fine. Let's uh let, let let's get to the mailbag. I want to answer some mail questions. All right. So Immortal Lou asks when or if Heedle comes back, who would you put as the two C and who would you put as the three C between him and Trocheck? Oh, that's a good question. And that was Lou that said that? Yeah. Big Lou, love that guy. Um beat him in fantasy football last week. Ouch. I just ride the hot hand until if Trocheck starts slowing down. See, here's the thing is that, and I was just talking about this with my brothers earlier today, that line was popping off when Heedle was the center. It's popping off when Trocek's the center. 
the the center isn't the isn't real the, the moving piece of that or why that line works. The line works because of Panarin and Lafreniere. So no matter what, just keep those two together. In fact, I think ideally right now, I would put Panarin and Zibby. I mean Panarin, Zibby, and Lafreniere on the first line. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think Mika and Kreider are working. I think it'd be better for Kreider to have somebody else to work with. Mika needs to get going. I think a change of pace there would work. Uh, to directly answer Lou's question, um, I, I think at this juncture, Trocek has earned the 2C spot, and Hedl will be fine on the 3C. Um, but if I was having my way, I would mix up the lines altogether anyway. And the only thing I wouldn't change is I obviously wouldn't take Panarin and Lafreniere away from each other. For the one I remember, really though, Kreider and Trocek had a bit of underrated chemistry. I, I mean, yeah, I would yeah. really just, I mean, they're not going to try it, but you See, that, that's what that's what makes sense. So, so keep Trocek as 2C, put Kreider on that side, and then I don't know, right. or whoever you want on the, on the right wing. I really don't care. Kako, fine. Right. Elite, whatever. Like Off. you have your number one center, right? That has to get going. Your winger is one of the hottest players of the NHL right now and has yeah. great chemistry with your first overall pick. It yeah. kind of makes sense. You know, all those pieces are there to put them, put all, them together. all together. Like, put I'm not going to complain a lot Violette because, like, he is grand slam. He is completely, yeah. I mean, made me eat my words about him over the summer. But I'm saying that it would be something that should, they should be looking into. I would be surprised if they did not. I, I will say that I do like that. He is not like the land. Like, oh, I tried that for two games, and now I'm moving on. No, they have the like same lines for gives, like ten games. Yeah, I like that he gives them a look. But I think the Wheeler experiment is is on the first line is over. I think the Wheeler experiment on the roster is over. Um, he's he's cooked. He's too old. He's too slow. And pro Larry Brooks, uh, Kane is not an option anymore. Or I don't know if he was, but. The Rangers are not in our king. Yeah, I don't need another broken down guy that can't skate anymore either. That that's that's not the ideal. Like Backstrom, Backstrom's not in the league right now. Had the same yeah, surgery. Exactly. Give me, give me, give me somebody young that plays with some fire and has some offensive skill and likes to forecheck. I don't know. Do we have a guy like that in the system? I'm I'm a little confused right now. It's funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask if Heedle. Well, I you know what? Let's go everyone through everyone else's questions and then we'll we'll get to my question. Um. DH34 Sports asked, Louis Deming was obviously phenomenal. If Jonathan Quick gets unfortunate season-ending injury or struggles due to his age, does Deming become the backup, or do we try to find someone else? Uh, that, that, that second part he didn't ask, but I'm assuming that it's implied. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, right off the top, I just want to think... get a random college goalie. We're fine. Who is, who is that? Yeah, true. Uh, who, who who said that? Who's the person? DH34 Sports. DH34 Sports. First off, thank you for not making me the only person that talks about potential injuries on this team. I'd just like to thank you for your bravery. No, no, they don't count. Berkey, Berkey will yell they, at you. They, they don't count. He, believe, he believes that magic. He's not. No, no, no. He's not on the microphone. He's that, not that on the record. Can, I'm magically injuring these players somehow that I control these things. So I was going to yell at one time. So I just thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not give Deming a shot? He looked good. And like you said, Benoit Lair, you know, he could take he could take like Airbud. I think he only played basketball and turn him into a top flight goalie. That's just that that's just what it is. And honestly, I feel like even a below league average, below replacement level goalie in this league 
would do well in this Rangers team because we, we're limiting high danger chances really well this year. We're limiting shots to the outside. Even with good offensive teams, we've continued to do that. Um, and so I, I feel like this team defensively is just so much more sound that we could even get away with a not so great goaltender and would be fine. So I'd say save that cap money uh, for for somebody else at the deadline. I don't think shopping around for uh, you know a mid range, slightly better than average goalie is worth it. I think give it to Deming until he proves he can't. If quick goes down. Yeah, no, got I gotta agree with that. Um, this I'm asked, would you rather Panarin and his line continue their hot streak and hope things break out with the other lines, or do you risk him cooling off for a bit if it means giving Mika? Uh, basically, basically saying exactly what we said before. You want to bring him with Mika? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, we we answered that. Like that's I I'd want that. I mean, it makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I well, here's the thing. Like, I, I can't. I can't. Like, obviously, I I maybe a little complain that. Like, why aren't you doing that? But like, I can't. Like, after I say for a year keep the lines how they are to try to figure them out. And then when Laviolette does that, say, oh, wait, wait, try this. Like, you, you can't go both ways here. You got to give it a little bit more time. Then after that, you switch. Um, I, I think it has been enough time, though, already. I mean, uh, has it, though, because of, I mean, actually, injuries didn't really affect that line, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, also because this is the same story that it was last year, too. So it isn't, this is Well, Mika's just... always cold in the beginning of the season. He just pots 70 points in like 40 games oh it's not just in the last it's not just, uh, it's not just mika either it's just that the top line hasn't been producing five on five for a while now it's not just this year this isn't a just this year problem you know they they i mean and, and people have done this to death and it's true is that you know once booch left you know rest in peace he uh they lost their play driver um you know for that line and it's it's had a massive gosh, Brett, he isn't dead well he is to me wow wow <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Boosh. Like he's listening. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, any more cues? Well, yeah, of course. I'm just oh, saying. Okay. I didn't know how many. I, we I got. thought, okay, I thought right. you were continuing your answer. No, no, we already did that one. So you're right. We already talked about. It. We don't need to belabor every point. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Paco Taco <laughs> asks, assuming he keeps his play around this level, what is oh. it going to take to keep Gustafson? What are you willing to give up if you have to make Catherine for him? Oh. I don't think there is any scenario where we're able to keep him. I, there is a scenario where we're there's able to one. If you send, if you send Goudreau, that three point six yeah. million. But Kako, see, you don't know. Like, you don't know what Kako. You don't know at the end of the year what Kako's going to look like, and he has his contract. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's, I, I was thinking about this. Next, this offseason signings is going to be Lindgren. really interesting. Exactly, because you also got Lindgren in the mix as well. well I mean, we got to dump Gaudreau. I don't care. I don't care if it even ends I don't know how you justify it. I, I, there are certain points where you got to bench him or scratch him. You can't have 3.6 million being scratched. And, and as I think we said before, it's not even 3.6 million this year. It's, it's like five, five something. Like 5.1 million. I yeah, think but ADV cap hit, it's 3.6. Yeah, the ADV cap hit. But for the roster this year, it's 5.1. I mean, good for him. Year. And next year, too. He, he's got three years after this, right? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. I think it's like 5.1, 5, 5.1. 5, and then it's like, or is it four? It's not good. Whatever it is. 
Like, I, I don't care. Even I remember looking at it over the summer saying this year, it doesn't seem like they'd even be able to do it. Next year, they, they might. Well, yeah, I mean, because hopefully the cap, I mean, the, the, the NHL has been doing gangbusters. In fact, I, we at some point, we may be getting a, a, an NHL reporter to um, talk about this at more at more at length and, and with some, you know, professional information. Uh, but uh, cap space obviously will be going up, hopefully a lot. Because that would help us so much. It doesn't but, matter I mean, though, because Shesterkin, you got to sign Shesterkin, and then not, not, now. Not, not next year. No, no, no. But the year after that, and you got to keep that in mind. Yeah. And and Lafreniere. What happens if he gets well, we better don't, we, and better? Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, well, twenty twenty five, there should be two cap raises by then, hopefully. Yeah, um, I think in total. But also by that, 10. by 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 that point too. There's a lot more flexibility, like Truba's contract, his his modified, right, that's true. His modified trade, no trade clause changes. I think even Panarin's no man, no, that's a just straight up no move. Wow, talking about Panarin like that like after this. No, after no I'm this just like we're, we're, no, we're, just we're talking two. We're talking two years out, so it's two Stanley Cups that we have to our name. Okay, okay, okay. Now we're figuring out the next five years. I'm just throw, throwing it out there. So McDavid. Um, so yeah, so after next year, or no, sorry, for next season, Truba submits a 15-team no-trade clause. So next year, we could trade him to, to a little more than half the league. So that's a potential $8 million off the books there. Um, this so offseason? Huh? I thought it was this offseason, but then... Well, it's twenty-four. It it's, for, it's for the 24-25 season. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is that. Yeah. So next off season. Obviously, yeah. but that's after obviously after July first next, next year. Yes. Right, right. After July first after July first. Yes. So. But they're not well, going to do that's, it. Well, I don't know. We do love trading captains. I mean, don't you think Tampa Bay who's uh you know a not guy this year like next year when Henman's getting even older then I yeah. think then then they, then they, I think they need to train. I think we should just get that train just going right south, you know, and just send them another uh, defenseman captain of ours. It would just be perfect. I love it. And so, then we're gonna meet them in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Jacob Trouba's gonna have the series game winning goal, and uh, that's it. No, no, no. That's not what's gonna happen. He's 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 gonna um, Lafreniere, who's who's looking like he might be a Conn Smythe finalist. Um, uh, He's going to get run over by Truba and have a career-ending concussion. That, that's what's wow. going to happen. Wow. Yeah. You're just going to keep on uh, – Yeah, absolutely. It's my thing now. Since yeah. you made such a big deal about it. Well, me, way to go with Hedl, by the way. For me, trying way to, go with to prepare – All I was trying to do was trying to prepare Rangers fans for injuries that I knew were going to happen just because of the law of averages, because you gave me such a hard time about it. Yeah, from now on, I'm just the curse guy. That, wow. That's who I am. Yeah, now. we're screwed. Yeah. Next, we're screwed. Uh, what's, what's next? All right. Um, it's post ask. Um, he just said trade Kako. Um, I probably elaborate and it's like, is it time to like for what? Obviously for... not now. I'm what just you... when would you consider saying, all right, enough's enough? Well, here's the thing. Because you wouldn't I... trade him now. No. Well, well, no, no. First off, you're not gonna be able to get anything for Kako. You know, no, like... like here's the thing. We are I'm not saying he he's given up on it. He, it's probably, you know, just a general question. But it's like we're seeing Lafreniere now. We're seeing what happens when you're patient. Just be a little more patient with Kako. It's not necessarily that means he's not like not a bust. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, we do have to re we do have to re-sign him after this year, so that is a thing. Um 
you know, I, what I will say about that is that first off, his trade value is is not high. Um, the salary that he's going to demand. I mean, if, if he keeps up the pace that he's on right now, he might not make 2.1 million. Okay. Like he's not even like, that's a, that's about the level he's, he's playing. I, I'm just so baffled well, by it. No, no, play. It, it, it's fine. It, it, if, if he turns out to be, this is who, this is just who he is. It's fine. He'll be a great third line winger for us for many Here's years. Here's the thing. Come. We have Offman and Perot. Yeah. Like we have those in our system. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not going to suck, but it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, no. I, and, and frankly, I, you know, I like, you know what? I almost want to say this because the last time I got on Lafreniere's case, he, you know, he, he decided. So, oh, he no, that, play. that, that go on. That go yeah, yeah. on. So Kako, I'm not saying he's a bust, but I'm right on the doorstep of saying that he's a bust because, you know, he just, he, he, it is, it sucks because he obviously has a great skill set. I really like the kid. I root for him so hard because he seems like such a genuine, like genuinely sweet guy who I want to see succeed so badly. Like he's my, he was our first big draft pick that we had in a long time. I just had such high hopes for him. And then I know that he had to play under Quinn. He had to get beaten down and it sucked. And so it just like my heart went out to him like a, like a little like orphan kitty. And you're just like, Oh baby, let me take you. And I want to make, I want to make, give you a home and make sure you're good. Um, but I'm just saying that his trade value isn't great. And he is good at what he is able to do right now, which is be a really good defensive player. And a When's the last player. time you've seen him play like this? What do you mean? His whole career? No, no, he played better than this last year. Yeah, mildly. I mean, he he got the results. Like, better no, no, no. Like the points weren't there, but at least he was that like monster on the boards. Like you weren't getting the puck off him. I see now people getting the puck off him. I I never saw that. Yeah, although he's still pretty good at, at like he's at, gotten better the past in, few in games. Possession. But but it's like at some point you have to figure out how to stop just like holding the puck upon the boards. You're right, but it but it, 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 it it's somebody. it's weird though. Like, again, I know preseason, half the guys you're playing are not even NHL players. The other half that are NHL players are barely even trying. So, you know, by default, you're going to look better if you're actually trying that night. But, man, he did really look like he had an extra step. Yeah, he did. But that, you know, as, as yeah, we it, it's know, just, preseason just doesn't, doesn't. No, it's not just preseason because, I mean, honestly, he's looked worse than last year. Yeah, I'd say so. Like overall, yeah, he, he has even less spark. Uh, yeah, it could be just confidence thing. And well. every single year, he's gotten a little better, which is why it's just so weird. Yeah, but like I said, even if he maintains this exact same pace, he's still a worthwhile player. He'll oh be yeah, a, yeah, yeah, no, 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 be, he's not like good, an He'll NHL still be a player. good third line player. And honestly, it might even for our cap situation, it might even be best for him to have like a twenty-two point year. Well, hey, there you go. There's Gustafson right there. And then we, yeah, exactly. And then we can keep Gustafson. We can keep Lindgren. We can. So you know that's what Kako's doing. He's being. He's taking over. And he's like, you know what? I'll let Laffy pop off this year. Panarin's going to score a bunch of goals. He's got a great five-point defenseman. And then when playoffs come around, that when playoffs come around, he'll produce. But the thing is, if you only produce playoffs, then it's a bit of a gamble. You'll get maybe a little bit more, but you won't get as much. It's very selfless of Kako. Yeah, it is. And that's so good for him. Uh, praise, praise be to, to Kapo Kako for thinking about the long-term interests of the Rangers. We really appreciate it. And that is the true Finnish spirit as well. They're they're very collectivist over there as well. They're not so individualistic as we are here in, in the States and Canada. So thank you.
All right. Uh, Schneider is top 10. How would you feel about making a trade for Line? Would it make sense for the team if there's a chance he could rebound on a better team? Also, would it make sense for Kako to be in the deal? There is zero cap space for Line. He's making 8.7 approximately. There's no scenario when that could work. I mean, there's scenarios. But I mean, I mean, I guess like, if, you trade, <laughs> if you if you like, there's no scenario that makes sense. If you trade Hedl, who's four point five, like just for argument's sake, if Hedl's four point five, Kako's no, you're not trading both. I don't, I don't like Line. Goodrow, so, you uh, trade Goodrow. Line, Line should only be a winger, just just for the. Oh record. no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Okay, I'm just getting rid of Hedl for argument's sake for the cap. Okay. Okay, okay, uh, okay. So 4.5 and then Goodrow's 3.6. Oh, I mean, you could, and, and Columbus has cap space too, so they, they could even retain a, a, some of it too. Yeah, but they're not because it's like three there's, more years. There's ways, to, there's ways to make it work. Theoretically, but without it's just... it being insane, but it's not going to happen. And, and the other thing too is that it's just it's too much of a gamble. Look, I like Line A. I drafted him on my fantasy team because I thought he was going to have a rebound year. Big laugh on me there. Um, I don't understand why he's a healthy scratch tonight because it's not like Columbus has offense to spare. Um, I understand that he hasn't been doing well, but I, I, I don't I don't think that actually helps him. But, you know, I'm not an NHL coach. But, yeah, his contract's too big of a hit. He's too big of a gamble as well. Um, Just inconsistent. I, well, except for the year he scored like 50 goals, he wasn't. That was his first year. I know, but he has that capability. He has that skill set. Like, he is a goal scorer. He has the shot. Well, he also is, do, takes Mika Zibanejad's spot on the power play. I do fully believe that Line A can and very well might end up being a real producer in the NHL again. He does need – and maybe even coming to New York and being in our system would be the right move for him and the change of scenery that he needs and the people around him – that he needs in order to be able to access his high-end skill and his, his prodigious scoring rate that he's had before. But there's just absolutely no way that we can gamble on that. There's just it's no. it's it's too big no, of a game. For that too much cap. It's too much assets we'd have to give away. So it's just a it's just a complete non-starter. But it's an interesting conversation starter anyway. Um I'm higher online than most people I know anyway. It's just it's it's just you haven't seen that since his rookie year. There are like some points where you see it a little bit, but it's nothing compared to that rookie season. I don't know no, what but it you pop was. Up like like that as a rookie, and, and if you watch him play, you you see you see it, you can see it. But then you also see him disappear into the game, and you're like, where are you right now? And then everyone makes the Fortnite jokes. Apparently, he had a big video game thing, and you know how committed is he, and is he does he have an attitude problem, and all that stuff, and. You add all that stuff together and then, you know, the inconsistent performances and it's just that that's a huge risk to take on a, on a relative unknown. I mean, the upside could be huge, but I don't think it's us that takes the gamble on it. I wouldn't be surprised if Columbus tries to move them though. I'm just trying to think who would. I don't know. Just send them to Arizona like you send every other misfit child, right? What about Carolina? Sure, let's sandbag that team. I love it. They don't have the cap space for that either, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, he's not going to go to the Rangers. He's going to any other team but the Rangers. I mean, yeah, we we, we don't even know what the cap situation is going to be like at the end of the year. Kane, uh, Kako's a question. Lindgren, we don't know yet. Who oh knows? Oh, my God. Have you looked at Carolina's, Carolina's uh, contracts for next year? 
No. This is everyone who is up. Teravainen, Nietzsche, Martinuk, Drury, Jarvis, Lemieux, uh, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, D'Angelo, Chatfield, and Ronta. I knew Pesci. <laughs> it's like their and, whole lineup is coming up I knew next Pesci year. And, what's, and Pesci and um, Teravainen were up. I didn't realize Nietzsche was also. Yeah, Nietzsche's. But he's and, an RFA. And yeah, he is. He's an RFA. Yeah, a couple. And, and so is Jarvis is an RFA as well. Yeah, but. Hell, they still have that's still one, two, three, four, how five. How much cap space do they have right seven, now? Eight. That's still nine UFAs that Carolina. How much, how much cap hit? Do, how much cap space do they have now? I mean, who who knows? I mean, it's like a little over two million right Ooh, now. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you theoretically, in the theoretical world, trade Truba, Pesci is a perfect replacement. God, that would be nice. That would be real that nice. Would be, that'd be very nice. But what's what's he gonna? He's twenty nine. Oh yeah, um, no, no, we wouldn't be able to afford him anyway. I'm just saying. Yeah, but say like we'll end up saving like one million dollars. Well, no, 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 he's not. Right. No, not necessarily. Well, he's, it he's, just depends on how many points he gets this season because UFAs are all about points. Yeah, and he's not a big point guy. He's gonna be right. like, a thirty point guy or whatever. He's just so a what five point five. Really good defenseman. Now, I bet he makes more than that because the cap's going to go up and everyone's going to be demanding more money. He's making four right now. But he might he might be willing to do a one year because in the next year after that, the cap's going to go up. When you're 29 turning 30 and you're not a goal-scoring defensive, defensive right. your agent's going to be like, you need to maximize. This needs to be your big contract. So, like, he's going to be looking for, like, a six-by-six six deal, you know, something like that. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great – I don't know if he gets – I mean, I, mean, I want to say I don't know good. if he gets six, but we've seen GMs – obviously do that yeah i mean i i, I mean who, yeah again who really knows but i i, I tell you i because i just pulled it up on cap friendly carolina this next off season is going to be one of the most interesting teams to follow because they, they have like literally over half their roster coming up for contracts so they're going to be making moves that that whole team's going to be shaken up soon so very interesting anyway all right i think we did that question like 10 degrees further than it needed to go but well yeah that that's how we generally do things do you remember a time where basically, well, not remember a time, literally last season, like it, for the past decade, it's always been one injury. This whole team falls apart. Yeah. And then we go to every, we will see every other team and they say, how come they could manage injuries and everyone just produces, you know, collectively? Well, why couldn't we never do that? Because we didn't just now. Yeah. And, and now you see they're out without Fox, without uh, Shesterkin for four or five games, without Hedl, and they're winning. And they're yeah. not just winning one like every other game. They're they're on a they're on a streak. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's amazing. It, it, that is what good coaching and actually having a system will do. Is that the next man in knows what he needs to do to get it done. And so even when you lose the second best defenseman in the game, um, we're able to absorb that. It also really helps having Gustafson. That makes losing Fox so much easier uh, for defensive. Uh, scoring and defensive moving the puck. That's just massive, massive, massive difference, especially since Keandre Miller has actually taken a step backwards offensively this year. Um, it, it's so. weird. Like, he hasn't been playing. It's not just that he's been – I mean, weirdly, he's underratedly had – like, projected, I believe, to get 40 points, um, even though, obviously, that's not all that matters. But it's just like he seems like he's playing, like, a different style – well, he's I he seems like he's I think he's improving defensively as well, uh, especially in his own zone. 
he is not getting no, he's lost. not having those mistakes like he's not having those lapses he, where he's man here's the thing though like yeah i i said i said last year like how many of those mistakes are just because right we were complaining about some of the breakout problems weren't on the defenseman it was the forwards weren't in position to get the puck yeah, well, for breakouts, that's one thing. But I, but I mean, like, a lot of the problems that I had with him last year defensively was how he played defense in his own zone, is that they would – you him and Truba especially, too, would both get caught behind the net, chasing the same man, puck, puck watching, not covering the guy in front, blowing the coverage. They were always good off the rush, but they were bad with sustained pressure in the zone. No, they, they've gotten better. And they have. Both of them gotten better, but Miller's really gotten a lot better, too. Um, I don't. I don't think that has anything to do. I think. I don't think it's come at the expense of his offense because it's not like I haven't seen him. It's been quieter, this whole system but still is there. built to have the defenseman chip in and provide that. He just hasn't done much with his opportunities yet. Uh, he's not been making many plays. I mean, I know a lot of us were like, shouldn't he be uh, quarterback and power play too? Absolutely not. Gustafson is absolutely the guy that should be doing that. Miller has not earned that spot one bit yet. And I'm not trying to hate on Miller. I I, I like the kid, and and I still have high hopes for his future. And I think. What he's done this year, while it hasn't been producing a lot of points or a lot of offense, has still been a great part of this team. I think he's absorbed the system that Laviolette's put in place, and I think he's bettered himself, um, you know, in his own zone. And I think it's paying dividends. It's just not the flashy dividends. If every time I've seen him at his best is always when he's physical. Yeah, like the dude that could take down if getting Malkin on the rush should be physical. Yeah, like the thing oh, is, stick checking alone, he's great at. Well, that thing, right? he's one of the best. He's one of the best of that. He's amazing. Right, he he's one of the best of that in the NHL. I don't think. I think that's a fair thing to say. Off, off the rush, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. His gap control is is impeccable, and he does this thing that I actually started. I started doing when I'm playing uh, men's league hockey now too, where he holds his stick at his side. And he has such a long stick too, so that, that make that, it think yeah to draw them in for them to draw go them ahead in, of and him, they and think that they have a little bit away. more space, and then he just slaps it away. It's amazing, and I mean they teach you that when you're playing defense to not have your stick out at the full length because then you, the person that's coming at you, uh, the attacking player, they know how much space they really reach, have. You see where your reach is, and they know how far they need to stay away from you. So you're supposed to keep it kind of tucked in in front of you, and so that way you, you can poke it out. But I like how he actually has it straight at his side. He's like, I'm not going to let you know at all how far my reach is. And his reach is so long and he's so athletic that he's just able to be like, nope, get that out of here. I don't care. And, and, and if they manage to get around him, he's just going to catch up to them. Yeah. Yep. Like if he just adds that physical element, like I, I saw highlights of the 2022 playoffs. I mean, he was a beast. Yeah. He, if he could just be more physical. I. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all I think we all want to see that too in general. Um, you know, that's not a huge part of his game, but it'd be nice if he added that to his toolbox a little bit more. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, no, but it's a weird thing. Like it's not like he's small. No, he's a giant. But, right, exactly. So like it, it just be a little physical. Yeah, he's kind of the I'm time. not saying it's all about the grid, but it's just like knock him down. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah, that's what you need to do. I mean, that's what Truba does too. There's one little rant I want to go on real quick here. So I see it all the time. Why do people Think that Truba, I see it over and over that Truba is a dirty player and he and he has all these dirty hits. I'm like, give me a highlight reel of all these alleged dirty hits because there aren't any. He's in that, and that's why he's never been penalized for these. Right, right, right. I could, I could never in the NHL. No, 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 no. It's a cheat code because I could go in the NHL and as long as I have my head down, I choose to put my head down all the way towards the net. You can't touch me. Yeah, it sucks to be you. 
Yeah. It's so on me not to put my head down. Yep, it is. Absolutely. Um, and then people say he's trying to hurt people. No, no, he's not. True is not the guy out there that's trying to hurt people. What he's trying to do is make you pay the price for skating into the zone, skating into the slot, coming in with your head down, thinking that that's going to work for you because it's not trying to injure you. It's trying to make sure that you know you can't get away with doing that because then the next time you try that, you're going to have you're going to have your head on a swivel and you're going to be scared and you're going to be more likely to cough up the puck, more likely to make a mistake. It's not just an intimidation thing. Oh, that's part of it. It's setting a tone of saying, you're not allowed to do this against me. You're going to pay the price for it. And putting that, putting that statement out there changes the way that people attack you. And that's not the intent to injure. I know Truba, not personally, obviously, but, um, and he's probably pretty sexist, you know, for not going on people's podcasts. Oh my gosh. I think that's for very the record, he's not that, sexist. That he's, just, just, he's, just to clarify. No, he clearly is sexist. Don't people that aren't on Twitter, just to clarify. <laughs> so we don't get sued into the stone age. Oh no, I can, I can make wild accusations about public figures. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna pass on that. We're gonna we're gonna pass on that one. Yeah. Uh, no. All, all I'm saying is that yeah. Um, I know that he is not the kind of guy. He doesn't want to hurt people. He wants to make you pay the price for doing stupid things that you think you can get away with. And, and it's on uh, you for putting your head down. Two very different things. It, it's on you for putting your head down. Yeah. What are you putting your head down right by the goal? Yeah. Yeah. Does Trouble want to lay people out? Absolutely he does. Does he want to hurt people and injure them? No, he absolutely does not. And I'm tired of that narrative. I'm sick of seeing it. And I can stomach it from jealous other fan bases. Um, but I see Rangers fans sometimes being like, oh, sometimes he has a dirty hit. I'm like, no, I have yet to see when the closest was the hit in the playoffs against Sidney Crosby. And that wasn't even his fault because Crosby was going down. But that was the closest one to a dirty hit that he's had. Every other time somebody says something, it's one of those things where, like, when you get accused of something over and over and over again, and even if you're innocent, people tend to still think, ah, you might be a little bit guilty. But that's bullshit. Just because just people say something over and over again doesn't make it a little bit true. If it's false every time, it's still false. And if someone thinks that I'm wrong about this, please – Send me a reel of, uh, uh, you know, send me clips on YouTube of what hits you have of his that you think are dirty. And I'll break them down. Every one of them, Brad. Every uh, single one of them. Every one of them. He's You're going to be watching like 400 hits. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch them all and I'll explain every, each time why it's been clean. Because I haven't missed a Rangers game in a very, very long time. And I cannot remember one hit. Because honestly, when players do have dirty hits, because I'm not a biased person. That's why I was arguing with you and other Rangers fans about the calls last night. Also, the hit on Lindgren, that was a clean hit. That was a totally clean hit. That shouldn't have been a penalty just because they called it five to begin with. It shouldn't have been a penalty well, at all. What happens is, is when it looks I, – I wasn't arguing with you on that. Oh, no, I know. But but people online were talking about it. So, yeah, no, no, and, and, that, and that's fine. Live, I it looked dirty. Live. It looked like he hit him high, but he didn't. His shoulder it did look like he, he, like, jumped a little bit. It was through the it was through the body. Yeah, but you know what? You take almost any big hit and 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 like here's the problem also when you have a big like a smaller player and a bigger player, it's it's yeah. bound to happen where it's gonna be a little bit high. Yeah, no, that, that that's just gonna happen. There was there was nothing wrong with that hit other than the outcome of it. That that was it. So I, I like to think I'm not a biased person. I don't automatically assume everything is 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 you know going wrong the other way. So like when when a player on my team does something that is dirty, I feel 
bad inside about it. I'm like, oh man, like, oh, we got this goon on our team, or you know, like, oh, that was bad. Like, I, it's a bad look. I don't like how it reflects on the team that I care about. Um, I've never felt that way about Trubis hits. Every other, every time I watch a re- replay of them, I'm like, nope, vindicated, clean hit, move along. So anyway, uh, I don't even think there was a question on that rant. No. You just started talking. Are, are there any more questions or was that the uh, No, no, no. That, that, there's no more questions. But okay. going on to the next thing here, what happens if he deals out for a while? Like long-term injury reserve? Yeah. Um. I, re- we, I I do think we have to find a center then. Um, if he goes on LTIR, obviously we get that cap space back. Um, well, we we wouldn't use it. Like people are saying, why if he isn't out long term, why don't they put him on LTIR? They don't have to because the whole point of LTIR or IR, right, is to get rid of that cap hit so you could replace him for that time. They don't need to because Fox is out and that nine million is not right. It's usable right now. Right, because it's collecting against our uh, right, exactly our deadline cap space. Yeah, exactly. No, you don't want to rush it down. The only, the only reason we would do that and put him on LTIR is if like he's actually going to be gone for most of the season. What I'm um, saying is they wouldn't do it. There's no point in really doing it anyways, cap wise. Like, especially not as we're rolling through right now either. No, but I, mean, I think down the stretch we're going to want a real. No, eventually, eventually something's going to like that's not on the Rangers. Like they're going to come back to earth because y- you need a third line center or a second yeah. line center. Yeah, you, you need that. I mean, Torchic's perfectly fine being a second line center, so you need a third line. Center. A third line center, right? That, that's that's uh, essentially what you need to replace. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but we don't know what that is, and some people were chastising people for speculating about it. It's like, no, the dude's had a history of injuries. Uh, history, with over four concussions. concussions um with head trauma hell one is enough to end a career uh you start getting multiples they can start happening easier and easier sometimes they don't though sometimes like like you know uh, we talked about this like Crosby you know he missed he missed significant time with with multiple uh concussions and he managed to come back um and still be an effective player so it can happen but there's also guys where they get too many of them and they can't really return. And when they do, they get hurt again and then they're done. That's a very real concern. And it's not outlandish to start speculating. What if he has gone long-term? What if he comes back and gets hurt again? What if he can't hang with us for this year? What do we do? That's a valid question. Uh, the answer is, I, I don't know. Who's who's out there for, for four-ish million right now? Well, four-ish, oh, I thought... I was going to say Adam Henrique for like five. Yeah, Adam Henrique. The reason why Adam Henrique would make sense is if he does come back, he could also slot on the wing. But we'd be over the cap then. How, how much How much cap space? Do, no, no. If Anaheim retains 50%. And I'm going to hold on to uh, Adam no, no, That's the thing. Here's Adam Henrique is 5.8 is 5. mil. So Anaheim would, would have to. I mean, they have it. They have right now they have 9 million in cap space, so they could eat cap if they wanted to. Okay, our draft our draft pick this next year is gonna suck anyway because we're gonna like we're gonna end up with a super awesome record. So fuck it, throw him a draft pick. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Adam Henrique, that's a great pick. I like that a lot. I saw Rob Luker say, um, obviously it's not gonna happen because of a division rival, uh, and he's scratched right now, Morgan Frost. Like that could be a perfect Oh my god, Morgan Frost that could be a exactly... perfect replacement. Get him away from Tortorella. Morgan Frost. If you guys don't know, because you're like, who is Morgan Frost? Morgan Frost is a great young player, tons of talent, 
who has been held back by the shittiness that is the Philadelphia Flyers. And now they're playing well overall, um, but Torts, he's exactly the kind of player that Torts hates. Um, it's absurd that he's not on at least their second line and still on their power play. It's absurd. If you watch that kid play at all, you'll know what I mean. He is noticeable. I would love nothing more in this world than to get Morgan Frost on this team. And that would be the best solution, not only for us, but it'd be the best solution for him as well. So I scratched Adam Henrik. It's an interesting idea, but Morgan Frost would be the play to make. Plus, he's 2.1 million until 2025. He's still got two years left on that contract, too. How much? 2.1. He, he's an RFA. And he's an, R, and he's an RFA in 2025-26. So this year and next has year. He played, has he played wing? No, he's just a center. He's just a center. Well, you could always put Hito on the wing. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, but I, I, it, with the division rival, I just I don't I don't see that. Yeah, I just I don't see that reality happening. Well, I I don't know. It's not like the, the, I mean the Flyers are playing well right now, but they're going to come back to earth. Um, but here's the thing: no one's trading anyone until the trade deadline, because that's when you get a premium. That's when you get the best, because that's GM when GMs are desperate. GMs aren't desperate right now. So then, why would I trade? Now for something solid, but I know at the trade deadline. Well, but if you but if you have a guy that your coach doesn't want to play, he's healthy scratched. Um, but that, that's a different scenario. I'm talking about like Henry. You want you want to improve your team, you know? Like maybe there is something there. I, I, I if I was Drury, I would be banging down the door of Philadelphia and being like, hey, what what, what do we need to do get to get Frost? Because he needs to, he needs to see playing time. He needs to get real opportunity. You're not giving it to him. We'll give you you know what you need. I think it makes perfect sense. I think they're gonna wait. Obviously, that's what they're going to do. They're going to wait until they really see what what's the story with Hito's injury before they make. Oh, of their course, yeah. It's, it's all speculation, it's, not for moves to make right now. Obviously, no, no, no. Yeah, we need to figure out because Hito could come back in a few weeks and be all right and be fine and and play the rest of the season and 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 do great. That's a perfectly viable option. It's also perfectly viable that he's like, yeah, I can't get my head right. I'm actually done playing. That could also happen too. Yeah, concussions are all over the place. Yep. I'm just trying to look because there was I was speaking with Josh about possible hero replacements. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I know. I mean, I know personally that hit from head injuries that it it changes you. It really does. So like, I'm positive that I have like mild CTE from the concussions that I've had. I mean, Monahan would cost a premium. Limo. Oh, you're not getting Monahan away, yeah, right? No, you're not. You're not. That that's why you're not getting that. I mean, Sam Steele is not really anything. It's just could be a temporary placeholder until the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not, I don't like it either, but there's really, I mean, I didn't do a total deep dive. I did like one time. I have to dig more uh, deeper into it, but I mean, Frost would be the best case scenario. What would be? Frost. Oh, yeah. That, 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 that would be. Especially because he's young, he's got so much upside now. He hasn't he hasn't produced. No, I, I think they worry about but what happens when Hedl comes back. How, how do they manage that if Hedl's more comfortable at center? What do they? It's not like a veteran that could probably go to the wing. I don't know. I've always thought Hedl would work well as a winger anyway. It's not like he's like an amazing faceoff guy. Well, true, but well, I guess actually no. I take that back because I was going to say the long run. You gotta have Hedl as your three C or two C, but you you literally just got a guy that could do that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what? In like two weeks, we start the Morgan Frost train, <laughs> just like we did for uh, Tarasenko. 
he worked <laughs> manifesting that into existence yeah yeah i i, I say do it i say do that was it. the greatest like i have never like we said we want mott we want tarasenko yep and we got both yep that was that was incredible and people people are going to say now to get um or I, I have seen people saying to get tarasenko at the trade deadline which i I don't well, first of all, we don't even know. Like it could be Hito's back next week or two weeks, right? It could be Hito's back two weeks and we're fine until the trade deadline. Then what? Then we're probably looking at a third right winger. So maybe. But there might they might try Hoffman. So it's like what what like we have no idea what they need could switch in two weeks. See that but you know that's, it could that's switch five times yeah. before the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean the other thing too is that like we actually really should be bringing Othman up, I think, in January. So that way we can give him some time to see what right, he is. Give him a little bit of time before the trade deadline. Get before away. the deadline and see what he is, see what he's capable of. Because if you already got the guy, like if he's if he already can do it, then like you don't need to go shopping and give up picks. Well, they they also need a, a their seventh defenseman. And Jones is gone, I believe, this trade deadline. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind. I mean, how do you keep? There's, there's no reason to keep a luxury like that as your seventh D man. I, 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 I he's would, playing better too. Like he's, he's better. But, but honestly, oh yeah. Like, but I mean, you, you he's can't. Too, he's, he's too undersized for what, for what we need out of a defensive player right now. And you need another defensive defenseman. You only have one true defensive defenseman. We need a Brett Pesci. Like when Fox, play. when Fox is injured, right? Gustafson steps up. Yeah. Right. Any other player couldn't back him. Not obviously to the extent of the player there replacing but enough for the time being yeah you don't have anyone for Lindgren which is why so no. many which is why they're right like there's so many times we just lose without him. you don't yeah. have a pure defensive defenseman uh did that that's probably what you want to get as a seventh defenseman you want to get that extra person or a player rather as a seventh defenseman and by defensive defenseman we don't mean just a big guy who. oh yeah we don't make. we don't mean we don't mean big slow and we don't, we don't, we're not talking about tenorties and you know and and john lieber hayek is what we're really talking about yeah we're talking about the elite lieber hayek <laughs> all righty i think we gotta wrap it up here yeah wrap that's it up with with you. Hayek, i think so yeah that sounds yeah good that's me. a perfect ending Yep. All right. So thank you to the listeners and we will see you next time.